to another episode of Fool's Daily. Um, England are currently 368 for nine. But there you go. By the time this comes out, it might be the second test. It might be, but it proves that it's a different day from yesterday. <sighs> look at look at you using modern technology. Technology? Technology? That's like technology, but different. To, to verify the timestamp of us recording. Of course, we could just be making it up, though. We could be. Yeah, but that would be a pretty good guess to get 368 for nine. You make up any, any score, couldn't you? Because it could be 370 for nine. Uh, it could be. Is it 300? No, it's 369 for nine. <laughs> Still. We press refresh. No, I press refresh. It, it, refreshes, automa- it refreshes automatically. Is, it, is the light on? Yes, the light is on. There's nobody home, but the light is on. Hello, Mike. How are you? No, don't do that. You'll hurt yourself and give yourself a hernia. <laughs> I already have a hernia. See, the listeners didn't need to know that. But they probably did. Because I'll be, I'll be uh, setting up a Kickstarter fund for Get Rid of My Hernia. <laughs> Dot com. How right. are you? I'm all right. It's Friday. I'm all right. It's the dawn of a bank holiday weekend. It is. It is. Half term next week. Yes. No hobby, that means. <laughs> that means going on trips to stately homes for you. <laughs> that seems to be what you do on when your missus is not at work. Looking at the calendar, though, I think she's got a full agenda, so I might not be able to. But she might find something else for me to do. Yeah. Another, another. you know, your tiling skills could be put to better use. <laughs> yes, I suppose so. What are we going to talk about today, then? Oh, how not to crack a tile, for stars. Well, that's easy. Just don't... Is that, not, is, that not, is that not driving you mad? No. No? Oh, God, it would drive me mad. Or do you not go out that way? <laughs> I have a blindfold at the... Uh, <laughs> just the before the, the entrance of going out. I've bumped into a couple of walls, but... Uh, it, my nose might need re uh, reshaping at some point. I see. Anyway, today, yes, we're going today. to talk about. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're talking about more post-apocalyptic gaming. We are talking about most more post-apocalyptic goodness today, because that's what I've been playing. So um, the last time, if we've had that episode out... Yeah, no, we've had that episode out. Then you had bought two rule sets. I had. I had. I had bought Across Dead Earth and This Is Not A Test. This Is Not A Love Song. <laughs> uh, and since then, I believe you may have acquired... Some more rule sets, is that correct? No, I haven't got more rule sets. Oh, you haven't? No, no, I haven't. I haven't got more. I haven't got more post-apocalyptic rule sets yet. Though I have seen a couple that you like. I haven't done it because I haven't played them yet. <laughs> but um, I have played uh, a couple of games of Across Dead Earth and introduced it to a few other people. And how was it? It was excellent. Did you... It was 
much, much better than reading the rule book, than a read through the rule book led me to believe it would be. So you haven't tried the other one yet, though? I haven't tried. Um, uh, this is not a test, no. Um, but I have played a, three games, I think, of Across Dead Earth. Uh, and it's really good fun. And it, the rules work really well. And we haven't even played the full rule set yet. We've basically played um, just kill your opponent. Ah! Pitch battle, in other words. Yes. Uh, so we haven't tried out the other piece of the rule set, which applies even in pitch battles and things, which is um, the idea that there are loot counters scattered around the table. So I'm guessing this is for a... Uh, uh... A VP-based scoring system or a progression type thing? It's for both, actually. Look at me. I could be a rules designer, even. Yeah. Because um, your loot counters t- are turn into loot that you then spend in the progression, but also determine victory points. Woohoo! Uh, and you don't know what they are. So basically, one side of the counter just has loot on it. And then the other side of the counter has a value on it. Right. And so you don't know until you get to the counter and capture it to flip it what it is. So you might be playing for 50 loot points or 5 loot points. Or a bucket. Or a bucket. Well, I don't know if there's a bucket. Most of them seem to have a value on (laughs) rather than a bucket. But there you go. Bucket could be useful in a post-apocalyptic world. It could be. It could be. That and a dock leaf and you've got a toilet. (laughs) There won't be dock <laughs> leaves in a post-apocalyptic world. Irradiated dock leaves. Yeah, that, that could be bad, though, couldn't it? Could be. Could be. So you had a couple of games, yeah? Yes. I've played a couple of games. I've played... Um, I played against Dwayne and his mutants. And I played against Pete, uh, where Pete used my trench coat gangers... And um, I used the Scooby uh, Scooby Doo crew. What? The Scooby Doo crew. What with Shaggy and everyone? Yeah, Shaggy, Fred, Velma, Daphne, and Scooby. Okay, so how is that post-apocalyptic? The Scooby Doo crew. Well, it's post-apocalyptic because the models are all dressed up as post-apocalyptic type. Survivor type models in that they're wearing flat jackets and carrying katanas and pistols, and Velma has a chainsaw. And they really are Scooby Doo characters. Yes, yes, they're from Hassle Free. Okay. Hassle Free make two not Scooby Doo. Oh, I, I guess I remember these. There's, I just there's, there's a classic Scooby Doo crew, no weapons and things, and then there is the Survivor Scooby Doo crew, which is all um, post apocalyptic, so they're all wearing, you know. Shaggy has a big fire axe. <laughs> I'd heard that then. Um, and as I say, Velma's toting a chainsaw. And you can get two versions of Daphne. Uh, one, either she just has a baseball bat, or the other one, she has a Vulcan minigun. <laughs> I don't have the Vulcan minigun version. Because it's but... got a gun on it. Well, no, no, no. I could get the gun version. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's my post-apocalyptic Scooby-Doo crew. So, I mean, what was what did you enjoy about it then? 
So, first of all, the crew crit. All right. So, first of all, the critiques. And I'm as I think I've said in a previous episode, I'm going to have the guy on um, who writes the rules. Yeah. And um, we're going to sit down and go. So, the editing on the rule book is not the greatest. Okay. So, if you're doing gang creation, for example, you're constantly flicking through the book to find the points values of items. Sounds, and the, sounds like it needs a cheat sheet or a... A gang creation cheat sheet would be an excellent idea because, you know, you find the stuff... Once you've done it a couple of times, it's straightforward, but the first couple of times it can be quite daunting. Um, Something like I, that can put you off a game quite quickly. As well. Yes, yes it, could, yes, it could do. Um so basically, the idea of creating the gang is that you have you take your base grunt, and that costs you twenty five points. And it, that that base grunt is armed with a knife. And then you can give him. Uh, there is a list of general skills, and then there are a list of effectively classes. Mm-hmm. So sniper, scrapper, assault, medic. Uh, those sorts of things and so you can put him into one of those class trees and then work down the class trees getting abilities off that class tree and all the time adding up your points um but then you want to give him better weapons but the weapon the weapon point costs are all in the weapons bit which is in the main rules section the description of how you shoot or fight so you're flicking back there to find out how much a weapon costs and all that stuff. So there's a lot of flicking around to find points. Okay. Once you have, but once you have got over that and you know where things are, or more likely, you know how points work and you know what you know that the points of a ganger is twenty five or. Um, a yob, which is effectively an untrained gang member, think a, a youth or something, is 20, then things start to fall into place. Because you're not looking around to find out what their stats are and those sorts of things. Yeah. You know that a ganger starts off, he's, tough, he's speed 6 and he's toughness 10, and a yob is speed 5 and toughness 7. You know, it's just... You've played it a couple of times, so it's in your head. So it's really a familiarisation with the rule set. Yes, yes. And which, which you have to, do, to, you, to be fair, you have to do with every every game. You do. You do. It could certainly do though with a building a character sheet, cheat sheet. Yeah. Do this. These are your points. Here's your points. Here's your points. Here's your points. Or even if it was just go to page X to find the weapons costs, sort of thing. Yep. Sounds like it needs a tree of some sort. Yeah. Once you've built your gang, though, you're you know you're set. There's a. It comes with a. There's a downloadable character sheet that you can fill in all your gang and stuff. Um, and I knocked up a slightly different version in Word that enabled me to tally the points up as well. So. You can see that, okay, this person has these skills and it, he spent this many points on the skills. Because um, otherwise I was flicking back and forth and adding some. So 
I just made some quick mods to help me out. So you but so you basically build gang, but you can build your gang to be whatever you want. Yep. So within the constraints of the classes. Within the constraints, but you don't. But no. You within the constraints of the classes, but also without the constraints of the classes. Right. I'll be back in a second, Conrad. Okay. So, you are constrained, but you aren't constrained. Because it's hard to, it's hard to explain. You don't, you could take the, you could take a model and you could give him the scrapper class, but then don't actually take any of the abilities off there and you could make him a range shooter if that's what you wanted to do. Okay. You don't, you'd be silly to do that, but you could do. Or you could, Give someone the sniper. You could put make someone a sniper type person, but give them close range assault weapons because you know you're sort of dictating that they're just more precise with those close range weapons. So it's so it's not you're not you're not effective by saying that person is a sniper. You're not effectively dictating that that model is going to stand at the back and then ping people off. Yeah. And there's also a free skill. Um, called Jack of All Trades, which enables you to go across class trees. Oh, that sounds useful. Um, you can't go down an extra level in the class tree without having all of the top bits paid. So it can get very expensive. But it gives you flexibility. But, but it does give you flexibility. So if you want a medic who can also fight in hand-to-hand combat or gets bonuses in hand-to-hand combat, then you can do that. So you do have a massive amount of flexibility in it. And so once you've, once you've created your gang, and what we've been doing is we've been creating our gang based on the figures that we're using. So the figures are driving, you know, what you're equipping them with and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I've got um, some new cobblestone figures as he plays with his headphones. <laughs> I've got some new cobblestone figures that are bike, you know, bikers. Who's and they were... headphones? I'm not. <laughs> you were. It was it rubbing against my... I'll move the headset a bit. Oh, yeah. I'm painting, so I'm not playing with them. My, both oh. my hands are being used, as it were. <laughs> are elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got some cobblestone bikers and, you know... They've got shotguns and a pistol and a few grenades. So I'll give them shotguns and a pistol and a few grenades. But, you know, one of them has got a chain as well. So I might make him a scrapper. So he gets he, he likes to get in closer with his shotgun, whereas another one might prefer to stand off. So, so essentially what you're saying is your figures, you can tell the story or forge the narrative and give these figures a background as such. Yes. Which sounds cool. Yes. And... You, yeah, you can basically build your gang. So my, the two gangs that I've played with so far, they all everyone's named and everyone has a little story in them and stuff. So my, in the trenches, for example, I have um, a Yob figure. Um, I'm using one of the old Delac gangers from um, Necromunda. GW's Necromunda. And he's just called Boy. And the way I've been playing him is he's just impetuous. And so he just rushes forward, going, ah, shooting away. And that's the way I'm playing him. Because in my head, that's the story that he's telling. You know, you've got this impetuous youth who's just running off. 
to shoot people. And Dwayne was the same. Dwayne has been making, you know, he's been doing some lovely conversions of his mutants. And his mutants are a, a like a hillbilly family of mutants. <laughs> so there's Par and there's Mar and there's Uncle Jesse. And... Is there bad accents being used during there the game? There were bad accents. Though, to be fair, Dwayne is from Norfolk. So Norfolk and hillbilly. <laughs> what you're saying is he already has a bad accent. He'll, he'll hate me for that now. <laughs> and so you went, you know, so certainly we've been playing stories. And um, I was demoing to Pete. That was the other game I played. And Pete was going, oh, I can see a story for a different type of gang, not the one that he was playing, because he was just playing with the trenches to get the mechanics down. But you could see a gang with that. Um, so it, it, you can, it's, and it falls straight into that telling story game. Yeah. Um, but going, going back to the game, I mean, once you start playing it, then all the dice rolls are two d six. So it's a very so it's a very predictable bell curve. And you look at a bell curve game, and you think, "Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen." But because of the way the modifiers are applied, your odds shift massively of achieving things. So. Say with a sniper rifle, for example, if you've got the sniper skill, then you're hitting um, up to 14 inches away on a five up. Which, okay. Yeah. It's easy to get a five up on 2d6. If the person gets into cover, that's a minus three modifier. So suddenly you're hitting on an eight. Which is shifted it all of a sudden quite drastically. Yeah. <laughs> if they're hiding, you're hitting on a nine. Because hiding gives you an extra minus one. Yeah. You know, you're cowering behind things. Okay, so that's cool. You could, you know, you can, st- even if you're hitting on an eight, you're still going to get an, you're an eight a lot of the time on 2d6. But the really interesting thing comes in with the damage mechanic. How does that work then? So everyone has a toughness. Um, and. By default, it's toughness 10. Leaders tend to be toughness 12, but most people are toughness 10. Okay? Yep. So if you're shot or hit in hand-to-hand combat, you have to roll your toughness or less on 2d6. Okay? Or so rolling ten... happens. Yeah, so rolling 10 or less on 2d6 is pretty easy. Is there modifiers to that then as well? But yes. some weapon types but, and well, it's it's based on both weapon types. So the weapons all have a save modifier. It's normally about minus one or minus two. Right. So that would mean you're needing to roll an eight, say. But the really interesting thing is, for every point that you exceed your hit number by, when it you mo- roll it your modifies hit dice, it down again. That modifies the save down. So if you're in cover and you need to hit a roll a ten to hit. You're getting a 10, which is tied, so there's no modifier, an 11 or a 12. So you're getting a maximum of minus 2 plus whatever the weapon modifier is. That's nice. If the person if the person is out in the open and you need a 5 to hit them, you know, even on an average roll, you're getting a 7. It's a nice So you've got the same modifiers. Yeah. It's quite elegant, that is. It's, it wor- in practice, it works really, really nice. It's not a mechanism that I've seen before. Yeah. And in practice, it works really nicely. 
Um, a double a double one is always a success. So I in my game against Dwayne, um, I was on a minus thirteen modifier, I think, <laughs> and I rolled a double one. So uh, my guys, uh, fi- conversely, my guys double six is always a failure, or not? Yes. Sounds pretty. Uh, that sounds really use. It just sounds really good because you can you can uh, change things not only by the the save modifier, but mind you, the save modifier is taking into account power of the weapon. But you, yep. does it does it change with range over half? Yes, range? it changes with range. So there are three range bands: short, medium, and long. Yeah. And so uh, there's a different. There's normally a different hit to hit number and a different. Um, save modifier number at each range band. Sounds like a really good. I, I think I like that. I like that idea. It it works really nicely, and it works really nicely in practice because it's really quick to do. It's does, um, you know, it's two dice rolls, and you've resolved a combat. So does combat work? Oh, sorry, does that shooting does combat work in a similar way? Combat works in exactly the same way, except you have um, a parry. Effectively, you have a parry. The your opponent will have a parry modifier as well. But it's again, it's the same two d six roll. Um, if you beat your opponents to instead of a to hit a target to hit number, it's a your opponent. You, if you beat your opponent's roll with all the relevant modifiers in place, then you win. And the difference in the scores is what's applied to the save modifier. Right. Um, so if you fail your save, you're not out the game. You're knocked down. Which I'm guessing means you're easier to hit and things. Yeah, so you're lying on the ground going, oh, oh, bleeding out maybe. And when it's your turn to go, when it's that model's turn to go, you basically roll 2d6 for it. And on a double one, he'll get back up again. Okay. On a double six, he's automatically out. Anything else, he's um, still crawling around the floor going, It hurts! (laughs) So, the game I played against Dwayne, he'd advanced his mutant shotgunner guy, and I can't remember the name of his mutant shotgunner guy, um, into some cover. But Boy had run around the corner and so had a clear line of sight without any cover blocking him. So Boy opens up with his submachine gun, takes takes the mutant guy down. Mutant guy's lying, Arr! green ichor squirting out of his wounds. Dwayne goes to roll. Dwayne goes right. Okay, I'll roll for him. Double one. Guy gets back up again. Boys, boys going ah! Because he's just shot him with his subby, and the bloke's got up again. So, did you name this guy Boy so that you could go? Boy, go and <laughs> yes, do this. Pretty much. <laughs> I know you too well. And so that, and so that's that's the game. And so it works really well. We've, you know, on a dense a dense terrain table, we've been playing on um, probably more terrain than Malifaux tables have. Uh, I've got a load of World War Two laser cut buildings, yeah. you know, sort of wrecks from Berlin. And we've been using a lot of the corner sections of those and, um, you know, typical street rubble type stuff. Yep. Fenris barricades and things. Um, but it's been working really well. And 
my second game, the game against Pete, where Pete was playing the guys with all the guns, um, and I played a hand-to-hand combat crew, and um, I just sort of went for it. I just sort of because you have to get into you have to get them into combat. Yeah, otherwise it's um, going to get shot. Yeah. Too. Yeah, but of course, there's there's a lot of places to hide. You know, you've got a lot of places to hide, so you can dodge up and down. Right. There's no, t- there's not a, t- you're not playing to a turn limit. But our games have been over in an hour. That's quite quick. Yeah. Once things start going, then you know. So I mean, the other thing that I didn't say is when when a guy is down on the ground, um, you well, can move one of your. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, it hurts. Um. You have you can try and finish him off. Uh, so you can move one of your figures into base to base contact with him, and then each model has a skill level. So the skill of a leader figure is seven. The skill of a um, a normal grunt type person is six. And so you have to roll under your skill on. T- sorry, you have to r- roll two d six and add your skill. And your opponent on the ground rolls 2d6. And then if you get a higher score, which chances are, you know, most of the time you're going to, you finish them off and they get their removed from the game as a casualty. But you have to do that extra step. Yeah. So I can see some interesting tactics where you sacrifice someone who's rolling around the ground going, oh, it hurts, and to draw people out and then you just shoot them <laughs> as they come out finish off my boy and then you can there's also the medic profession the medics get a special action which enables them to heal people back up yep. so they can go into base space contact with one of your own guys and they make a skill roll and provided they pass the skill roll then your guy gets back up again so once uh figures out taken out essentially that's it he's out out the game is it once, once, you, once you finish someone off, yeah, you know, by sticking a screwdriver through their ear or something, because they clearly um, need fixing. Yes, then they they are out the game. Not that we advocate the of the sticking game. screwdrivers. No, do not stick things in people's ears, especially cotton earbuds. Yes, because you just burst your eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> so that all sounds very. Um, it reminds me of airsoft, actually, because. Uh, if you, if... It could be, it could be, it could be. I mean, as I say, I haven't actually spoken to the author of the rules yet, so... Um... C- certainly the finish, finishing somebody off is, is a, a typical airsofting type rule where somebody's taken a hit, so they, they're then out of action as such and they have to stop shooting. Um, and if you manage to get up to the person, you can... You get, they're given an option of being pistol whipped, essentially, or... You uh, cut their throat essentially. You go up and, and cut their throat, and that's the taking them out. Yeah, well, then th- that's that's exactly what the rule is. So I guess that's where, maybe where he got his inspiration from. Mm. But it wor- in practice, it works really well. It's a a really nice rule. So does this rule set have um, rules for vehicles and things like that? It doesn't yet. Um, he's. It's continuing to be supported. So there's just been a new PDF come out that introduces... So the game is set in the UK. Yes. It's, it's, set, it's set in FUK, the former United Kingdom. A little bit of gamer humour. <laughs> <laughs> 
so he's just introdu- he's just introduced um, a new PDF uh, that introduces rules for Wales um, for Wales and Scotland. No, no, uh, the USA. Okay, and it's got a lot of fiction introducing different gang types in the USA. Um, so in his universe, there's the uh, um, you know there's the the men in black effectively are still operating. So you can wear suit, you know, you can have the suits and things like that. Some sort of nominal government arm that still exists. Um, but he's introduced rules for squads and lieutenants. Why would you wear a suit in a post apocalyptic world? Because the government tells you to, and they provide your food and water. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. I'm not in a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, I, admittedly, it's Norfolk. But... Does that mean Next and Top Man and Burtons are still around? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But um, so you end up. You end, what you what he's got is there's now room, rules for effectively squads to represent a slightly more organised instead of you know a tribal gang type thing. Yeah. Slightly more organised thing where you can have people giving orders and groups operating as a group. So you give them, you can give one, you can use one order and you can move multiple figures yep. effectively. And um, so there's that. Um, and I know that there are mutant rules um, in progress as well. But I assume, I mean, vehicles are the the next logical step, aren't they? Well, you would have thought so. Certainly, like bikes and and cars and things like that would be bikes and cars definitely i mean and i hope that if he does decide to do them that they go the more simplistic route and effectively rather than having you know to a whole complicated vehicle moving system just move a vehicle as if it's a model oh excuse me so Conrad is off answering the phone. I wonder who it could be. Do you think it's his drug dealer? Might be his drug dealer. Saying, you are us, Gonzalez. And Conrad will go, no, no, give me more time to pay. And they might not. They might break his legs, which would be upsetting. Because I quite like him, really. Anyway, perhaps we'll have some nice music while we wait for him to come back. Because we were talking about so, that was a nice little piece of music that we had while Conrad was away, answering the phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were talking about the, the vehicles, and the last thing, what seems to be a very uh, slick set of rules in terms of pace. Yeah, no, agreed. You, and, and certainly in terms of how it plays. You don't want anything to bog it down, basically. Take no, away from no. the, the action. Yeah, I mean... I having vehicles to be able to move basically just move like people you know have a different speed and stuff and a saving throw would be would be excellent mm. a few a few bikes moving around i know there's a few companies making some bikes um i saw the other day that uh, there's a guy making a few that for making a few that are going to be mastered by fenris so and you can you can potentially use your armored horses as well Yes, yes, my armored horses that we talked about before, that would be quite cool. But, um, yeah, I, 
I've really enjoyed it. And despite the fact it's got guns. Well, there, there, is, is, there is that, isn't there? Does that mean you might do some World War II war games? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I, no. I knew the answer the guns, to that. It's not the guns that put me off, is it? It's, it's, you know, we talked about it before. It's, there's no synapse firing with that. And that's what it is. It's, you know, I've got no inclination to play that sort of game. Whereas um, this, uh, certainly at the moment, I'm really enjoying it. And we're going to get a little campaign going. Later, that's what I was going to ask next. Where are you going to go with it next? I think the next thing to do is get a couple more people playing. Um, so that, picking that's up buy-in games. then, basically. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, I mean, it's it's such a low-cost buy-in. I mean, How many models are we talking Scooby- about? Well, the Scooby-Doo gang is five models. Right. Is that like a starting thing points, or is it? No, that, that's, that is that's, it. that's that's nine hundred. That's nine hundred points, which is the no, it's three hundred points. Sorry, which three hundred and nine hundred? I don't remember. I can't keep up with it all. That's the problem. I'm... Well, that's it. That, that that is an issue. Um, is is keeps up, but. <sighs> I don't know what to. What, it's you know, it's what floats your boat, though, isn't it? I mean, it is. It's it's one of those things. So, um, there's a few people local interested. So, we shall get a little thing go, game going and run a little campaign. There's a nice little campaign system in the rule book. Uh, it's a sort of a map-based territory campaign system. So, oh, that's good. Does it? Do you? I mean, looking at the rules, is it going to? Well, you, I was going to talk about balance and things like that, but people talk about balance in more time, in Blood Bowl and, and the, those sorts of workshop type games. And, and do you know what? It's a campaign. So why would you expect balance when yeah. clearly... Also, And also, I don't think that it actually matters matters in this sort of game because everyone's starting from the same base. In, in more time, for example, certain starting races had advantages um, in what equipment they had access to etc and so that's why you end up with you know things like Skaven dominating because they could flood the field with cheap models with slings Mm. Um, you don't get that in this game because everyone is uh, there's no Skaven (laughs) well there's no Skaven but, but but everyone is starting from the same Gang, you know the same age. It's like in things like Gods and Mortals and stuff. Um, all of the gods and things all start from the same base. It's not there's not a a different starting point for anybody. And I think that that keeps the balance in pl- keeps the balance going. Yeah. But then again, you know, going back to. This this is a, a narrative style game anyway, so yes, yes, it is. It's completely a narrative style it's game. A, it's about telling the story of your gang or your crew. Yeah, and it's something that you might play for, you know, two months, three months. So and until the until either you get bored or the campaign comes to a natural close, sort of thing. Yeah, and then you put it. Then you put the figures away in the figure cabinet, and in a year's time, you might go. 
oh, I want to do some post-apocalyptic gaming again, and then you've got the models and you've got a rule set and you get them out and you play again. Yeah. So it's back to the discussion of we were having about do, do you, you need a main game? Is there a yeah. main game? <laughs> but also it, it falls into the category of, uh, I mean, I can remember great Warhammer campaigns that I've that I've been involved in, and it goes into the history books of your gaming as such. Yeah. Of that storytelling element of. Of, of gaming that we like and yeah and it, it you know i mean i and i realize that i'm very fortunate in that i've got a group of friends locally who will go you know go along with playing the latest little game especially if it's a, a very low investment game yeah. you know if they if they only have to buy 20 quids worth of figures then you can get people to go along with them and they'll, you know, they'll happily play for a few months and then it gets put away. Um, so I think, I think it's, you know, the games that I've played have been a lot of fun. Um, and I just keep having these, these gang ideas bubbling around in my head and stuff. But there's such great models out there. I mean, if you look at some of the, the oh, if you look at some of the, inf- I was looking, I was at Firestorm and I was looking at the new sculpts for the Infinity Bikers, and they're much better than the old ones. And they just, I just, I just wanted to pick up those figures because a, they were gorgeous, and b, I'm thinking, well, they could come. In, you, you know the way we hoard, essentially. Yeah. You think to yourself that I could use those at some point. And this sounds like an ideal. If you don't, if you know, if you're not into Infinity as such, then this sounds like an ideal set of rules for using those figures in. You know, well, when they get the bike rules in. Yeah. No. I agreed. I mean, you could. There's nothing to pre- prevent you from, you know, modding it up, and there's a tech sphere has survived, and the the thing, the post-apocalyptic world. I mean, the other interesting thing that the author's doing with these rules um, is he's introduced the concept it wasn't a nuclear holocaust that destroyed the world in his in this game it was um, effectively a bioweapon right and it's created these things called the soul the soulless which are a um, race of people are they or, or well they're zombies basically oh cool <laughs> Um, it had, and he didn't go much in the main book. He d- didn't go into very much detail about them. They're sort of mentioned in passing. Yeah. In the it, the first PDF expansion, he goes into them in more detail, and you can actually play a soulless gang if you want. But that's just sounding as though it's ready for a, a supplement of some sort as well. Yeah, but also it means that you know if you want to do post-apocalyptic zombie game, twenty-eight days. Yeah then you've got exactly the same that you can play it with this set of rules as yeah. well. It's very clever covering of both bases. So, I think. so that is a hook into the game as well. For It's a buy-in yeah. for other people who are looking for something else as well. Yeah. Cool. Indeed. Well, when you get your campaign up and running, you'll have to come back and uh, recount some stories of how Boy became a man. We became a man. My boys died twice. Oh, is he? So, is his boy, I'm not boy sure he's going to become a man. Boy three. Well, he hasn't died, died, because obviously, you know, being taken out of the game doesn't mean that you're. it's all over for you. It means you might be carrying an injury or something. Is there injury rules? Yeah, oh yeah. So the boy might be... 
Boy could make Boy it. Boy could be a hermaphrodite at the moment from his injury. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what happened to him. He's certainly got scars on his forehead where people have slashed him with cutthroat razors. <laughs> That's because they didn't like his hairstyle. Well, he doesn't got any hair. Yeah, well, he's not. Clean. The trenches are all bald. Oh, I thought it was down to the radiation or the fact that he hadn't reached puberty yet. Yeah. And I could go into detail about how the campaign stuff and um, things, but I noticed that we've been talking for 40 minutes, so this episode is way long. Well, I think you should come back and talk about the campaign when you start. When we're yeah, doing, when it. doing it. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Well, until then. I've been Boy Conrad. And I've been Lord and Master Mike. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Fools Daily is proud to be helping out with WAC 2015, a great charity drive in support of Macmillan nurses. Check out the Just Giving page at www.justgiving.com slash WAC 2015 or search for WAC on Twitter.